Hey, it's Monday the 30th of January. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Shad Wicker, joined as always by Shane Lee. He's back. How you doing, mate? I'm doing really well, mate. Hey, good job on Friday too. I thought, oh, thanks, thought you boys did well. You held the fort down. And, and no, I, we did good. And I wasn't on the piss that much. Oh, <laughs> as if. As if. No one takes the Friday off in between public holiday and weekend because they're doing fine. Yeah, that's you know? a bit obvious, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I know you too well, mate. I know you way too well. Uh, we've got so much sport to get into here. I've got a question that might put you in a in a tough spot in just a moment, Shano, but mm-hmm. I think you're going to have the same answer as me. It's to do with the Australian Open. Okay. Uh, we've got that to get into. We've got a bit of cricket to get into, of course. EPL, big news for Socceroos. So let's not waste any time. Let's just get into it. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Afternoon sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. All right, let's kick things off with the Australian Open Channel. It's finally wrapped up for another year. Channel 9 is licking its wounds. Not enough ratings this year because of the amount of seeds that dropped out. But... It was still an amazing batch of tennis. Australian Open men's doubles champions are Aussies back to back years. How good is it, mate? Fantastic. No, what's special, Kay? Um, look, Jason Kluber and uh, Rinky Hijakata um, called team- <laughs> Rinky Hijakata, yeah, man. Yeah, well, they're called Team Kinky. I thought I thought that was us, mate. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. I do like that. Mate, wild cards to champions uh, and it, almost a carbon copy of what the Special Ks did last year. And I think we said this on Friday. It must be so annoying for the doubles seeded opponents, you know, world number eight. Well, I think that's mm. who they beat in the final to be like, oh, man, we've been plying our craft as doubles, you know. And then these singles guys come in. It was the first time that Rinky and Kerbs had actually played a tournament together. I know. And they win the Australian Open. Unbelievable. Yeah, as you said, beating Hugo in um, Zylinski, uh, 6-4, 7-6. And look, they were never really – I didn't feel they were really troubled at all. They, were, they, they played well together. Their combinations were fantastic. But, yeah, it must really give those double specialists the shits. Oh, yeah, 100%. The point they won on was tremendous. Yep. I mean, the rally that, that they ended up winning the championship on was huge. Uh, right back now, went down to Sabalenka. That was another epic final as well. It went to a deciding set, which all four times these two have played each other, it has come down to the last set, and it's been Sabalenka pretty much taking it home each time. So she's done it again, her first ever Grand Slam, the maiden Grand Slam in Australia. A little bit awkward because she is uh, mm, Belarusian, yes. so... The white flag, a little bit awkward well, if there. You do, but... don't mention the war. <laughs> exactly. But uh, the Oz Open final didn't live up to as much as the other two or the other finals were more hyped up to. I think the women's final was, in my view, far better of a match. I think Sitsipas played pretty well. That last set was pretty epic. But Novak Djokovic, he's the king of Australia. He is. Ten Australian Open championships. Yeah, he's a machine. At 35 years of age, um, I did say this, he was getting better and better as the tournament went on. 
But I don't know if you noticed, mate, no strapping on that leg. It was a little bit of strapping. No. But uh, so no. he's playing. It was to- all ball. It was all ball, mate. He's playing total <laughs> mind games with Sitsapas from the start. But 6 3, 7 6, 7 6. And that takes me to, to 22 Grand Slam titles, equal, equaling uh, Rafael Nadal. But look, he's um, he was very emotional after the match. Um, after being banned last year and having injury, his injury questioned, I suppose. And his father was seen with Russian supporters, mm. and he said it was the most difficult um, tournament of his life, and it's his and his greatest win. And you've got to give it to this bloke. His ability um, to win key moments. Look, he stopped he stopped the play a couple of times when momentum was starting to shift against him. Mm. But he has a killer instinct. He's smart and he's cunning, and he's a he's a superstar. Yeah, and you know, Sitsipas said this in his post match. He said, "Look, he's the greatest of all time." Mm. And I think I've always been, I've I've long time been an advocate of, you know, I don't really approve of a lot of the off-court stuff. Yep. And he makes it very difficult for the per- for a lot of people on a personal level to to say that he's better than the Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal. But it's pretty much inarguable. Like this guy's going to win another Grand Slam yeah. this year. He's going to have twenty three, uh, because it just doesn't look like anyone else. On the t- in the tournament is to his level nah. when he's when he's playing like this and he turns on a grand slam. So the question now, this is the tough one I want to put you in. Mm. Are you prepared to now say with his 10th Australian Open title, 22 uh, grand slam championships, stretch across more uh, grand slams of, of the four majors, he's won more of them and he's beaten Nadal and Federer more consistently. Um, is he the greatest tennis player of all time? It's a tough question because I've always been Team Roger Federer, and um, but I, but I have to I have to say he is because I think he's going to win twenty five or twenty six. I think he's the, wow. I, I think he's that good. I think he's not finished yet. He's just competing against himself, and his hunger and his ability to to. to I think John McEnroe sort of summed up the best. He said he he was willing to not take that vaccine and go to the nth degree. That's the reason why McEnroe said he only won 10 and this guy's won now 22. And he's prepared to do whatever it takes. Um, he was totally emotional. It means a lot to him. And I think he's still got a lot to prove yet. And I just think, mate, he could get one or two more this year and then he's not going to retire after that, is he? Well, I mean, yeah, you've got a point. I think Nick Kyrgios predicted this not mm. long ago. When he said, you know, we've like we've created a monster, like we've awoken a beast <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the situation that Novak was put in over the vax, mm. whatever your view is on that. But he got to recover, he got to get fitter. He still played some tournaments, but obviously missed some majors. And yeah, you're right. You've given this guy who probably already had a chip on his shoulder as a competitor to try and get above Nadal and and Roger, but now you've got him more determined than ever. I, I don't know about twenty six, but I could definitely, I could definitely see three, like two or three more. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe this guy hits the twenty six. We're never going to see but, it again. No, like, we're, not, we're not. And the other, the other <laughs> thing is, there's something he's not saying in, in that uh, post mass press conference where he said, "Only my team will know." And a few of those long points, he was really blowing hard, and I've never seen him like sort of. Do you reckon he might have had COVID as well? <laughs> well, yeah, Imagine. maybe it's the after effects Who of COVID. Who knows? I don't know whether he had COVID during the match and he hasn't told anyone because imagine that. But anyway, have to wait and see. Oh, mate. Let's talk cricket at the moment. Uh, where's, how's Australia's form after uh, taking on Pakistan for that T20 World Cup defence? Well, it was only the rain that stopped a 3-0 whitewash. Uh, Australia once again too good, and they march forward to the T20 World Cup in South Africa in a month's time. Um, absolute favourites. They have won 17 T20 matches in a row. 
Um, you've got players like Talia McGrath, who's the number one T20 batter in the world. She also takes wickets. She also captains the side when, when two of the other captains were injured. Um, I can't see Australia losing this T20 World Cup. I, I don't think I've ever seen a sporting team, but well, in cricket at least, go into a World Cup as such strong favourites. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're kind of killing it, aren't we? I mean, I like, yep. I love seeing the success there. Obviously, the women's game is propping up the men's bit, although I guess men's are back in form, though, I guess. But the T20 yep. was such a disappointment when it came here in Australia. We couldn't even make the finals. But it is looking good. Let's keep it at home, though, especially for me being based in Brisbane. Brisbane hate keeping the dream alive. Well, they were good last night. It was it was a knockout match. Um, the Scorchers are already through to the BBL final, um, but Brisbane Heat took down the Melbourne Renegades and knocked them out. Sean Marsh, the best, 82 not out. No one could go with him. He only faced 53 balls. The Renegades managed 162 for five wickets, but it was uh, the Brisbane Heat who came home and got the runs uh, three down. Usman Khawaja, 59 runs again. Um, Brown got 39. Uh, Renshaw chipped in with 27 not out. So they now play the Sydney Sixers to see who plays the Scorchers in the final. But the big thing is Brisbane Heat lose Kawaja, they lose Labuschagne, and they, and they lose Renshaw. They're three big batsmen. So I dare say they're gone. So it's going to be another Sixers, Scorchers, a BBL final. Oh, don't say that. Come on now. Yep. Oh, that's that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, quickly on EPL as well, let's go over to the FA Cup. Uh, City, stunning Arsenal and keeping a streak of making it into the round five. City, you're a good side. Um, Arsenal still top of the, of the Premier League um, uh, league race, um, but they're knocked out. And uh, it was a 1-0 victory to City. Um, but that allows Arsenal now, I suppose, to focus on the league title. Mm. Um, but a young side, you know, and I think that's going to be their only issue is that um, whilst they are five points clear, um, there's still a few big games. There'll still be a lot of nerves. They've got to hold their nerve as young players to get across the line. Yeah, you've got to prioritise, I think, a lot with the FA Cup and the EPL. Yeah. And you yep, kind of, yep. and I think the EPL always kind of sits above, obviously. Um, but it does. How's this great news for the Socceroos? It was kind of, we kind of thought it was going to be the case anyway if Arnold wanted the job. Uh, Graham Arnold has been reappointed as Socceroos coach after the World Cup. Well, if you if you only rewind maybe, what, a year and a half ago and when Graham Arnold was caught breaching COVID um, restrictions and was about to be sacked from the Socceroos, he's now walked away. Many say he was the um, coach of the last World Cup, obviously getting Australia into the final 16, only to be beaten by Argentina 2-1, which is a great effort. He's now about to sign, they believe, a multi-million dollar deal over a number of years. So what a huge turnaround for him and his family. Yeah, to think they were calling for his head before the yeah. World Cup as well because of the form of the side. So, yeah, I, and, and I guarantee you this. This is how fickle football fans are. I bet I'll give it 12 months, they'll be calling for his head again. <laughs> I bet you. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> hey, stay with us. We've got to talk some AFL, NRL, NBA and more up next. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need this summer is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. Well, we'll quickly touch on some uh, NRL at the moment. The talk of the town of the Tigers right now, I feel. Uh, the Bulldogs have dropped out of the race for Moses. Could um, could Moses end up as a Tiger? Who knows? But Benji Marshall is already singing praises for other players 
the uh, what do we, what do we call him? A co-coach, co try coach. Yeah. Like it's like feels like there's fifty coaches at the Tigers. This assistant, assistant coach he, or assistant, yeah. assistant coach? Is he, I don't yeah, know. is he assistant to the assistant of the – I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but look, he's already eyeing off Josh Schuster, the new Manly number six, uh, getting praise from Benji Marshall already. Is this a little bit of Marshall playing his trade of going, hey, you know, these guys are guys that we might want to bring back to the Tigers? Like, you know what I mean? Well, the one thing Brent, Benji Marshall brings to, that, um, to the Tigers is he's actually played with and against a lot of these guys. He has personal relationships and – he can show a bit of love. And look, he was saying with this John, uh, Josh Schuster that um, he played in his debut game and he said it's the best debut he's ever seen. Whether that's true or not, or Benji's just trying to get him across to Tiger Town, but he's currently the Manly number six. And I dare say he's not going to be leaving Manly too soon because uh, for more reports, his combinations with Daly Cherry Evans are, are looking pretty good in the half. So God, wait and see. That looks bad for people like Garrick and stuff, like people that are stuck yeah. around in Manly. I feel like Manly's going to end up with some troubles next year in terms of who wants to play where. And also, I feel like DCE is going to leave Manly. Am I the other person that feels like that's on the cards in the next year or so? Like DCE will what? not retire as a Manly Seagull? I mean, that's my bold prediction. Finish the Dolphins, you reckon? Maybe. I reckon it'd be a great yeah. signing for the Dolphins, although I do rate yep. Sullivan. I think he's pretty good. Milfin's going to be the weak one there. Um, the big thing to keep an eye on, I did allude it to the beginning there, the idea that the Bulldogs are now out of the chase for Moses after signing, I think it's Oluapu. I'm probably going to get the yep. name wrong from the Broncos who's had that big contract dispute, means that it's pretty much Tigers or Para. So I reckon we might mm. hear something about that within the next week or two of where Moses is deciding to land in the future. Um, from NRL to NFL, today is the two big games, Shano. We will find out who is going to be in the Super Bowl that takes place in two weeks' time. At the time of recording this podcast, it is looking grim for the 49ers. The dream yep. of Brock Purdy is not looking great. He's injured on the sideline. They're down 28-7 to in the fourth quarter. I imagine that's a foregone conclusion. Uh, the Chiefs and Bengals obviously playing today as well. I want to hear, you don't know any of the scores. Like We don't know what's happening with the Bengals right now, so this would be great for people hearing as they're like listening to the score updates. Chiefs, Bengals, Pat Mahomes, Burrow, who wins? I'm going the Bengals, mate. Yeah, I'm going Bengals I, as well. Yeah, yeah. I've got, um, I've chosen my chicken wing recipe for the uh, to suit the Bengals, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, back, I'm back. I'm backing them in for this one, mate. Very good. And uh, NBA as well, sticking with American sport. This was a crazy one that we had yeah. sort of wild foul moments over the weekend's games. Do you want to explain this one? There was a camera that was bought on the field. It was outrageous. Uh, this was hilarious. This is uh, this only happens in Hollywood, right? And uh, so the Boston Celtics are taking on the LA Lakers. Uh, Boston got home 125 to 121, but uh, at 121 all, the greatest player, LeBron James, makes a charge towards the basket, was absolutely fouled and not called. Yeah. To the point where he got on the ground, he was complaining and rolling around and just not very, very happy. Well, Patrick Beverly <laughs> went off, off and got someone's camera, one of the press guy's cameras, and walked out and showed the hand on, on LeBron's arm and the foul, and then he was given a technical foul. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the NBA has since come out and said, yeah, it was an incorrect call and they were right yeah. to complain about it, which is even more outrageous. It's like, feel the NBA, shut the hell up. Like, yeah. Don't say I, I, it. <laughs> once again, with when we use technology in sport, if you're going to use it, use it. Yeah. Because that was a blatant foul. It cost them the game in the end. It went to extra time. And as I said, um, the Celtics got home 125 to 121. But, uh, yeah, LeBron, 
in, in a team this year that's sort of struggled and he's tried to lift, his stats are all through the roof. It would have been nice if you got him home then. Yeah, under, yeah, it would have been a tack. Would have been a great win for the Lakers, to be honest, yeah, yeah. as they're trying to return to form. And quick one, this is like, you know, you could call it sport, you can call it sports entertainment, whatever you like, but the wrestling, WWE had the Royal Rumble on uh, over the weekend. <laughs> and not my favourite Paul brother, but Logan Paul producing one of the all-time highlights. A YouTuber back in another sport and uh, becoming a big name in it. This reminded me of uh, my five-year-old son's birthday party. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was just a full-on rumble. Everyone was jumping <laughs> off couches and jumping off the ropes. It was a nightmare. Um, but, yeah, mate, um, you could probably explain it better than me, but it was a full-on – they were diving off end ropes head-to-head and just trying to take each other out. Was that the story? Pretty much. It was kind of the, – the highlight moment was he comes out to the ring, jumps off one ring rope. It was cross – Cross the the turnbuckles, <laughs> and they yeah. both just hit each other in the middle. You are right though, because it just it's like oh, it's what a spectacle of athleticism. But then you realise it's a big, it's a bunch of <laughs> it's a bunch Actors. of guys from twenty five to fifty year olds pretending in the ring, and you're like, yeah. oh, that's right. <laughs> this yeah, is this I is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for afternoon sport today. So make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen so you can keep updated each day. But before we go, a big thank you to our sponsors. Fantastic sponsors, Barclay, Pierce Capital. They're only a phone call away. And, of course, a big thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh, the handsome man on the buttons. We'll be back again tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. He is very handsome. See you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts? Like Lunch with Lee, former cricketer Shane Lee talks to celebrities, sports people, musicians, politicians, and more about sports, music, and business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com.